one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Insane in the Membrane. Hello! Another edition of Insane in the Membrane awaits you. Uh, I thought I'd have a bit quick chat before we get into it. I hope you're well, I hope you're good. Not done one of these for a while. Just been doing like you know the other. We've got the other introduction that we do, like we're like we're a you know proper TV radio show. Um, but we've got loads to tell you, loads of stuff coming up. Um, I'm doing another podcast with my good friend uh, Rachel Wells, Wellsy. Um, it's called But Please Don't Panic, and it's about uh, you know B movies and cult movies. You know, like Sharktopus and Sharknado and things like that. Um, we did. We got an episode out called, uh, about the film Killer Sofa, and it's just about about those films. We love watching those those films. You know, some of them are utter nonsense, and it's just Wellsy and I having a chat. It normally goes off in off on tangents about all manner of things. So uh, that's available uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. us on Acast and Spotify. Uh, it's called But Please Don't Panic. I think we've got eight episodes up now. We've got a load more coming your way. And it's just nice talking to, to Wellesy about these things. And Wellesy's a, she's a great... She's a, I love Wellesy. I love working with her. Uh, she's autistic and she's got ADHD and things like that. And it's interesting trying to get someone to focus, uh, to sit down and say, right, we're going to watch this film. And trying to get her to focus on what we're doing and working with somebody that has these things. It's fascinating. It's really helping me uh, understand autism and ADHD a lot more than I have done. So it's not really, it's not just a podcast about films. It's about um, people, you know, working with people that are neurodiverse um, and trying to get, you know, a better understanding of that. And trying, you know, when you say like, right, we're going to watch that film, and then their brain just goes, no, we're not. And it's, a, it's, a, it's been really fascinating working with her. We have such a laugh. So tune into that. That's but please don't panic. Available everywhere. Um, also coming up in a in a few weeks' time, we've got uh, we've got never mind the age gap that I'm doing with my beautiful wife uh, Kate McGann, and that's come from you know when people talk about age gaps, you know people get a, go a bit weird, and it's like well we're not we know Kate's you know, she's 37, she's late 30s. I'm, a, you know, I'm early 50s. It's not a massive, it's not a massive thing, but people get a bit funny about it sometimes. So we're talking about that, um, and of course, when we we announced it a few weeks ago, and we, there was a few comments, like people made comments about certain uh, individuals. Well, like, no, we're not. It's not about. We're not saying that. You know, we're not talking about grooming, and we're not talking about. You know, 
adults going after children. Of course we're not. That's not what we're saying. It's like adults, grown-ups, making decisions to be with each other regardless of how much of an age gap there is. You know, I mean, I have to be honest, you know, I'm 50. If it was sort of anyone sort of younger than than Kate, then of course I'd be like, oh, that just feels odd. And that's just my, that's you know, that's from my, my side of things, you know. Um, and we're not we're not picking up that, but what well, you know we're just talking about that. We're talking about age gaps, and we're saying you know, you tune into it, you'll find out, you'll 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 hear. Of course, it's not bigging up grooming for God's sake. So anyone that made that comment, right, go fuck yourself. Um, so yeah, that's coming out very soon, and also my show on ITVX. Uh, you can have it so much better. That's still available. So go and tune into that if you wouldn't be, if you wouldn't mind. If you if you wouldn't be, I don't know what I was going with that. If you wouldn't mind, that would be lovely. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't think you'll enjoy that show. It's a bit of swearing in it, as you know. I like a swear, so tune into that. Um, and yeah, I hope you're good. And thank you for your continued support. Thank you to our patrons for carrying on being patrons. Honestly, without you, we'll be able to keep going. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if anyone fancies being a patron, go to our Patreon page and jumping on board, bung us a couple of quid a week. And that'll be great. Oh, a couple of quid a month, sorry. And that'll be lovely. Thank you so much. So coming up in a minute, it's Phil Walker. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Insane in the membrane. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane, with me, Rich Wilson. And this week I'm joined by brilliant comedian Phil Walker. Hello, Phil. Hello, Rich. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. We haven't. We should have done this ages ago. This is my fault. Sorry, mate. Here we are. <laughs> We're here now. That's We're the main here thing. now. That's the main thing, mate. That's the main thing. Um, how you been? We were talking briefly about Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, I did the um... not the film. <laughs> no, not the film. I did the I did the full distance Ironman this year. Uh, the UK Ironman um, in up here in Bolton. Um, so great day in July. Great Mate. experience in July as well. Jesus Christ! Yeah. What? How did that come about? Because most of us we think about exercising and we get told we should do more, but sometimes like I can't even can't even be bothered to walk around the block. So how did you get involved with that? 
Uh, well, like I say, I was um, during the lockdowns and stuff. The first, the first lockdown, mm-hmm. um, we all sort of let ourselves go a bit, drinking too much and eating too much because we didn't know how long it was going to last. And then, and then it, I've always been into sort of exercise anyway, but hadn't really taken it that seriously. But we were lucky enough at the time to live by the seaside, so I just started going out for long walks, and then the walks became runs, daily runs, and then, and then I started swimming in the sea, which at the time was really clear because of you know there was no nothing in the sea at all so yeah. it was it was like we had that really nice weather didn't we at the start of it all and it was Shit. just it, the sea even in blackpool was because <laughs> we lived in <laughs> st anne's near blackpool it was clear no nice. honestly it was like being abroad uh so and then i got back on my bike um always liked cycling so the roads were empty so as a cyclist it was it was just perfect for us so um i did I always wanted to cycle across the UK. It was always on my bucket list. So I'd, I cycled from Blackpool Tower to the, Eif- to, uh, to the Eiffel Tower, to Scarborough in a day. Jesus Christ. And, uh, yeah, which is like 140-odd miles. Yeah. Uh, I'm with my wife as a Janet with a, as a support vehicle. She sort of followed me along as, as I went. And uh, I just went, wow, if I could do that, um, don't get me wrong, I was completely knackered because mm. I I didn't really know anything about at that time about nutrition and stuff like that. I was just throwing sausage rolls and water down me <laughs> to keep me going on the journey. But uh, but anyway, when we got out of it all, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, do you know, I really enjoy that. And he said, you should do an Ironman. And I didn't even know what an Ironman was. This was like about three or four years ago. And uh, he said he'd done one. He'd done the Wales one. So then I looked into it, and it was, uh, if anyone doesn't know what it is, it involves swimming, uh, three disciplines, swimming, uh, cycling, and then running. So it's the full distance Ironman is a 2.4-mile swim in a lake, followed by 112 miles on a bike, and then a full marathon. Jesus, a full marathon? Um, so, yeah, full 26 miles, yeah. Jesus. Um, so it was... Yeah, yeah, it was just, it was brutal. But I trained two years for it um, and just sort of built myself up. But I mean, don't get me wrong, after about a year, the swimming was the hard bit for me. I'd swam, but I'd never swam properly. No. Um, You know, as in learning how to swim without being tired. You know, the thought of swimming two miles in a lake was just like beyond my, even my mind at the time. And yeah. I remember about a year ago, I turned to him when we were up in the Lake District. I just said, I, I, my mate Justin, I just said, I don't think I could do this, mate. The thought of doing this and then getting on a bike yeah. and then having that marathon, is just, it's just oh, out, of, out of distance. So, so then I just went for coaching and did a lot of stuff. There's so much stuff on YouTube and learned how to breathe properly underwater. When I say breathe underwater, just breathing out. Yeah. So you learn to sort of, it's almost, you're swimming as if you're walking. You know, you, you uh, see people yeah. actually swimming in lakes and that, and you think, oh, they're not really putting a shift in, but they're actually swimming and swimming within themselves. So they can yeah. actually, you can actually swim for a long time if you do it properly. Uh, yeah, because I, uh, I remember having lessons when I was at school and you're swimming along and you've got your, when you're breathing out, you've got your face in the water. That's it. And then when you come up for air, you take your big, gulp of air and then back that's down it. again 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So many people hold the breath when they're swimming. So many people hold the breath and that tightens your chest and that, that's how you get tired and you start, you know, people panic in the water anyway. So it's learning to how to be relaxed oh, and learning how to... So the, the idea, the training that I did, I mean, some of the top guys, they're obviously going for it full pelt. I was just, I just wanted to finish. So yeah. I was like, um, the idea, the training plan that I was on was just to sort of do each discipline without killing yourself, really. So yeah. I, I got myself to a fitness level where I could just sort of go along at a pace that I wanted and I was comfortable that I would finish. So yeah, great experience, though. Yeah inspirational because i've been struggling lately with not not necessarily my age because i'm not they, they i still i'm not i'm you know i'm only 51 so there's still i can still jump over fences and things like that i'm not <laughs> i'm not struggling who are you running that. from yeah yeah myself mostly <laughs> um but it, i'm aware i don't know i think i'm i think it's more about the industry we're in and that and that gets to me a little bit and then I'm suddenly, but then this week I've had a breakthrough and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I just need to focus on what's positive. And so, mm. and like what you did, you know, like in that, in the lockdowns, especially kind of highlighted how fragile uh, what we do is, you know, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, it could just be taken away just like that. And rather than give up and just, just like you say, just get pissed and fat. <laughs> You've gone, fuck it, I'm going to go and do this. And that that just goes to show you, you know who you really are when the shit hits the fan, like how you react. That's yeah. your, your purest form. And that's what you did. And I find that really inspirational. Oh, and, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. You do, on, on things like that, you do find out stuff about yourself because, you know, there, there are moments, you know, it's a long day, 16 hours for me. Mm. Uh, on, that, on that journey, you know, you do go, go to some dark places where you, you could just, you know, and, and then you have to say, hang on a minute, you're on your own here. Yeah. There's no one going to, you know, no one's going to magically pick you up and give you brand new legs so you can carry on running. You know, you've you got to do it. And I think being a comic, that what we do, it sort of lends itself to those sort of things. I can see how people box and stuff like yeah. that because you're on your own. You know, you're on. You step onto that stage, put the mic in your hand. It's you against the audience. You yeah. Know? Um, and you know, so the Iron Man mentality was very much the same as being a comic. You know, it's a lonely journey. You know, you can train with friends like when we do the weekends together and stuff. You're in the green room having a laugh and blah blah blah. That side of it's like the trek going out for a bike ride with a mate. But when the, when your light comes for you to step out, yeah, you're on your own. And no matter how much your friends want you to do well, you've still got to do well and you still got to do it. It's just you, yeah. You know? And I think that's it was the same, like I say, with the Iron Man, mate. Because I did. I remember. So I was living in East London in Stratford, and. I was working, but I was working down um, in uh, South End, down that way, which is which is sort of further east. And I was, and I, I just one day I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to cycle." I think it was still, still the shit was going on with the trains. I, don't, I think I didn't have any money, and I went, "Fuck it, I got my bike." I, and I had a look on the map, and it said it said two and a half hours on the bike to to where I had to go. I'm like, well, I'll add another hour on for that because I've not cycled for a bit. You don't realise how hard. <laughs> it took me four and a half hours 
to get from to do a journey that would normally take you an hour and a half in a car or an hour and 20 in a car it was fucking brutal and i got just outside of where i needed to be and i remember ringing the lads uh, I, I was working at um sos clothing and uh i rang the lads i went boys i've really fucked up they went where are you i'd already messaged them and say i'm gonna be a bit late and i went i'm just i'm here i'm just i'm still an hour away and i decided to cycle this morning and he went you fucking idiot <laughs> You don't realise it's it's all real people going, no, just get on your bike. But yeah. it's not that easy, is it? And so no, no. and to cycle from Blackpool to Scarborough, which is basically the the breadth of of yeah. our of our of our fair island. Yeah. Fucking hell, mate. Oh that's mental, isn't it? Yeah. And there's quite <laughs> quite a few hills as well when you yeah. get near Yorkshire. It yeah. does get a bit tasty over those hills. Um, Mate, so would that have been the? Would you you would have gone through the Peak District? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. me, yeah. that's bad enough in a beautiful. car. Yeah, beautiful, <laughs> but even brutal. in a car, mate, it's beautifully t- brutal. <laughs> <laughs> did you? You must, because you, obviously, like you say, you trained. Um, but did you train for that? Is that was that part of your training, or did you train to cycle that far? Like I say, everything in hindsight, I I hadn't done that far mm. uh, and really I should have done more really yeah. in hindsight um, because I was proper knackered after that for a, mm. a good uh, week or so you know the legs were all gone and everything. yeah luckily I had my wife with me to drive me back oh, right. yeah 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 because I wouldn't be able to drive back the next day um but um yeah I really for the iron man I really looked into I mean not not only that it's the nutritional side you know yeah. you, it, there's the swimming the cycling and the running but you also have to get that side right when you see these footballers or tennis players or any athlete that does endurance sport uh, they're nipping in these gels I didn't even know what a gel was no. until recently you know uh, these sort of energy gels they're like little tubes of goo really right 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 full of carbohydrates um, so it's learning how how to use those along with like uh, bars that you, you know bars that you take and the right sort of electrolytes in water. So because you lose loads of salt as you're sweating and God. so there's that side. You've got to get that side of it right as well. So you, you can be really fit and ready for the Ironman or anything that you're doing, but if you don't put this stuff into your body, you yeah. just it's like driving a car. It's you're going to run out of petrol. Mate, so it, it was, it was, it, yeah, yeah. So it it was just interesting learning the sort of science of that side of it, um, yeah. and it you can you kind of feel the effects on, on your body. You know, if you do it right in training and get it right, you know, it, it does benefit you. You can go, wow, I can I can carry on now. You that's know? the that's the thing I got. There's um, Angela Barnes's husband Matt. He runs everywhere. Like, he'll just go, oh, I'm just popping out for a run, and he'll run 50 miles. Wow. He just goes, and you're going, <laughs> and, he just, and I'm like, how do you run that far? Like, But like you said, you train yourself to be able to breathe yeah. while you're doing it, so it's like you're just walking along. And Yeah, he won't be caning it for 50 miles. He'll be going at a pace that he's comfortable with. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And taking the right fuel with him to keep him going. You but know, that's, it's, uh, yeah. That's the that's such an important bit. It's it really really is something about nutrition. Just in general, if you're just living on shit, you're gonna feel shit. 
and, yeah. then, and then you and you realise once you start drinking more water and just change it just a few more fruits and vegetables I know it sounds mm. basic but suddenly you're like <laughs> oh, I feel alright today you go yeah because yeah. you had a fucking carrot you knobhead <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. know, and there's something there's something to be said for even going for a going for a walk. You don't you don't have to go for a 50 mile run. Just no. going for a walk out in the countryside, and uh, just breathing in some fresh air. Right. And, you know, uh, we're lucky where we live now. We live live up in the hills near Chorley, and we go out for big walks, and it's just stunning. You know, yeah, nice. And that that can you know not only physically, just mentally, it just really helps you and you come back and you're like oh I mean, I've written some nice pieces when I've been out walking because your, your brain's relaxed and yeah. you just go oh that's an idea for something rather than just dossing about in your bed or whatever yeah <laughs> I think that's it it's getting up and doing stuff and and you know again I remember doing I've said this on here before but I did the three peaks three peaks challenge about 20 oh, years right. ago and I got to, I remember getting to Snowden, which was the last one. So you start off with Ben Nevis, then it's Scaffell Pike, and then it's in the in the, in the the Yorkshire, and then it's, I think it's Yorkshire. And then it's uh, Snowden in Wales. And by the time I got there, we got there at 4 a.m. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. It was pitch black. I don't want to do it. And anyway, I got dragged out of the van and went, you're fucking doing it. And I got dragged up <laughs> the pig track. And we got to the base of Snowden just before we were about to go up and my legs started to wobble and I'm like, oh, I can't I can't physically do it. And then my mate, Mr. Ian, he gave me a banana, he went, have that. And honestly, it was magical. The immediate <laughs> effects is just I stopped my legs stopped shaking and I managed to get to the top from a banana. One banana. Yeah. Yeah. So sodium, you see. Banana, sodium. There you go. See, look, now you're now you're a whiz. Now you know all about yeah. this. Yeah, do you yeah. think you'll do? I mean, it's a great achievement. Do you think you'll do anything like that again? Um, I, I can see how people get addicted to it. Like I was, I spoke to one guy. He was beside me at the finish, and uh, he was in his late. He was in his late sixties. Wow. And, uh, he was from Wales, but he's sinewy little bloke. Uh, you could tell he was like super fit for his age. Mm. And it turned out he'd done eight Ironman. Jesus. Uh, and he'd been doing triathlons all his life, and. Uh, and he just said, he said, he said, Phil, he said, you get addicted to it, isn't it? It's the finish, isn't it? You know, get it. and it was, and you can see it, it is like a drug. And, and having sp spoken to a few people uh, that have done it as well, there's been quite a few guys that have had addictions in their life, mm. like be it through drugs or drinking or overeating, whatever. And they've actually got into Ironman because it, the training is so much and the lifestyle is so much and they just carry it on because it just rolls year into year and it, it's, it actually helps them, you know, stay away from the, their demons that they're facing. Yeah, you know? so. yeah, yeah, yeah. It does help when you, yeah, when you feel, when you start looking after yourself a bit more, it does help. Um, but you've had, I mean, you've had an unusual life, you know, <laughs> you, that's, that, when, you know, your dad was, your daddy's Roy Walker. Yeah, catchphrase, yeah. and then when was it? Was it seeing your dad? Because I remember your dad before catchphrase. I remember my mum and dad were huge fans, so we used to watch the comedians, and yeah. one of their favourites was Roy Walker. And they always, <laughs> my dad used to quote quote him all the time, and and talk about Roy, talk about his mate Shuey and all that. And, <laughs> and I remember so that that was all part that was part of my life growing up. And so when I got to sort of meet you 
and hang out with you. And it was like, well, you know, it was quite a thing. And, and I can't imagine what it must have been like to have a famous dad like that. It must have been unusual for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the comedians and stuff all happened when we were pretty young. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of my friends at school um, and me didn't really watch that. Yeah. Uh, but when he got the catchphrase, that was sort of mid-80s. Uh, so we were in high school then, um, and uh, he, um, you know, he started getting a lot more attention then because obviously it was a big, big program. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, then it was like, oh God, that's Phil's dad, you know, yeah. on telly. So it, it was a bit weird at first, you know, getting uh, getting that attention. Um, you know, there was a little bit of bullying that went on. Oh, little, shit, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But no, nothing too bad, but, uh, you know, your dad's crap and all that sort of thing. Oh, you, know, you know what kids are like. But it wasn't wasn't too bad. But, you know, that side of it, it was, it was magical because at that time, during the summer holidays, we didn't really go away because my dad was that busy. Mm. Uh, so we, we went to wherever he was doing summer seasons. Right, and in those yeah. days... He would do summer seasons in all these seaside places like Blackpool or Scarborough, Yarmouth or Eastbourne, Bournemouth. And they all had these piers or theatres and they'd put a variety show on for the summer with the stars of TV of the day, you know, Cannon and Ball and all these people. Yeah. And um, and then, you know, as we were kids during the summer holidays, we would go to wherever he was and then we'd go and watch the show at night, you know, and we'd we got to watch Freddie Starr six nights a week. Wow. Or, you know, um, uh, yeah, the, you know, Black Abbott's Russ Abbott and oh, people blimey, like that, yeah. you know. Frank Carson, he was our Uncle Frank, you know. He, I didn't, he was just like this gag machine. He just never stopped just telling <laughs> gags all the time. It was, <laughs> it, to me, I remember looking at him thinking he was, he, I used to love watching the Flintstones and Frank Carson just looked like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> With an Irish voice, so it just but he so he used to double make me laugh just physically looking at him because I thought he was Fred Flintstone, but this Irish just gags after gag. So knowing growing up around those people, it, I, I guess it was natural for for me and my siblings to sort of go into that because I've got a brother Mark, as you know, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He he was a comic, and um, and uh, my sister jo Joanna, she's uh, she's an actress. So. Yeah. Yeah, so we all went into it, um, but we were never sort of pushed into it. We just went to normal, comprehensive schools and stuff, but it was just, just in us to sort of do it, really, you know. Yeah. yeah and did you, when you were watching that, was that it? You were like, I'm going to be, a, I want to be a comic. Well, Mark, yeah. more than me, Mark sort of had more, a lot more confidence. I was very shy up until I was in my early 20s, really. Right. Uh, so I, I didn't go into it straight away. I was just sort of drifted about from job to job. did, And then my dad said, well, why don't you... I said, I'd like to get into comedy, but I just don't know how. And I, at the time, I was watching... I remember Jack D and people like that had just appeared on TV and Lee Evans, and um, I, I, I was more attracted to them. Yeah. But, you know, I'd, I'd watched my dad and all these, these brilliant comedians just doing gags, but suddenly this alternative comedy... Had started and uh, and then I was watching stuff on. My dad always had records of like um, Bob Newhart and oh nice uh, and and people like that in his study and he you know he'd have the records uh, of um, like Woody Allen and people like that just telling stories 
And I just went, I just love that kind of comedy, but just didn't know how to access it. So it, and anyway, put that to one side. And then he, he said, well, why don't you become a blue coat at Pontins? Mm. And I did that for a couple of years. Uh, you suddenly you're just thrown into calling the bingo and organizing the <laughs> lovely legs contest and all that lot. So I, I came back a different guy, you know, with uh, full of a bit of swagger and, and uh, you know, because I called the bingo, putting a few of my dad's jokes in or Freddie Starr's jokes in, <laughs> in between the, the houses and getting big laughs. And then when you get that first big laugh, it's like a drug, isn't it? Yeah. You know? So I started uh, coming back to Blackpool because we lived near Blackpool at the time and I just started entering talent competitions and stuff um, around, the, around the area. Funny enough, last night I went to our local Chinese here in Chorley and I bumped into Dave Spikey. Oh, wow. Um, from uh, Phoenix Nights. He lives, lives nearby here and I hadn't seen him for ages. I knew he lived around here, but I just didn't know where. And, and apparently he lives abroad quite a lot now in Spain, but he just right. happened to be in the Chinese last night. So <laughs> our eyes met and then he came over and I went, all right, Phil. And he reminded me, he says, I remember, he said, I was a, a porter at a hospital years ago and I'd just getting into comedy. And, um, and he said, I entered a talent competition in Blackpool and he said, and you were on it. And he said, you won. And he said, like, I, I, I was rubbish. I came last. And he, oh, he wow. said, at the time, I thought you'd been going for like years. And I'd just done two years as a blue coat. <laughs> so I had all these jokes and impressions and stuff. Yeah. Even though I didn't have the, I just had, I had stage time I see and it. confidence over him. So he said, I said, yeah, but you went on to make millions and I'm still on the circuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, I, this is one of the things I've been struggling with lately. It's, and it's, it's, it's just, it is bullshit. We get caught up in the bullshit of this industry. And I could hear, I've, I've just had a conversation with producer Paul and I was getting a bit up my, not up myself, but a bit like, oh, why I'm, I'm tired of being skin. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. No one's interested. And then you kind of go, hang on a minute. You've got a successful podcast. You've got your kids are well. You've got a baby on the way and that's beautiful. Stop fucking moaning. <laughs> went, yeah. And it's that, it's not, it's not because you're shit. It's just because other people have had chances and... You just got to be grateful for what you've got, rather and than you, and you don't you know, know. Yeah, you know, from this, from constant, you, I know from this, you, you never know what might happen for you. You know, yeah. um, you look at the likes of like Troy Hawk, who's been. I mean, he was doing Jonglers with us years ago, Milo, wasn't yeah. he? And, and then suddenly he just clicked in with this Troy Hawk thing and Dan Nightingale with his podcast, and um, suddenly you've got a following. I mean, who knows if, if you keep going the way you're going with this with this podcast in, in another year, you, you'll be able to just bypass all that worrying about going on live at the Apollo and stuff like that. And suddenly, then suddenly, Rich Wilson from Insane in, Insane in the Membrane is is doing his own tour. Yeah, and that's it. We get we forget, and even even if you're not doing if you're not in this industry, if you're in wherever industry you're in, I know people that work in insurance and work in all these other places and they're, you know, they had the same conversations where they're going, oh, that fucking dickhead from from the other office, he got the, I, we both went for the same <laughs> position and he got it and he's shit, I know he's shit and he's cheating on his wife and he's blah, blah, blah <laughs> and, he, and he goes, oh yeah, it doesn't matter what you're doing, there's always going to be something that you're not happy with. You're always going to, and you have to be like listening today. So my, so we've got a baby due in December and 
my missus has sent me a voice note of the read the, the scan today. Oh. And she sent me the voice note with his of his heartbeat. And I just went and oh. I suddenly just melted and I went, Yeah, what am I fucking moaning about? What am I worrying about? <laughs> He's doing well, she's doing well, we're doing well. Fucking pull your head in, mate. It's just you get you have yeah. to at least you have the wherewithal to remind yourself. I don't I haven't got completely lost up my own ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's easy to, you know, it's easy to I mean I, I remember, you know, getting out of it like we all, all did getting out of the lockdown and then suddenly the clubs were opening and stuff and mm. and then certain clubs that I was working before and suddenly weren't booking me and then you start thinking is it is it an age thing you know because you're over 50 now yeah. or and you know but there are certain clubs like you know like hot water in liverpool and people they, they want sort of the audience is 20 year old mm. scousers you know uh, so the, they they want that's what who they want in front of them you know so they can relate to them um when we were doing jonglers 20 odd years ago they'd be like the old comic in the corner <laughs> in his 50s and now suddenly it's us you know yeah um because the audience were all sort of our age at the time so we we you know they could relate to us but the whole thing's changed anyway i think now um and you look at like the likes of jeff innocent who's suddenly become a an internet you know, sensation, yeah. and he's got his little tour going on next year and stuff, and, and rightly so, brilliant comic. Um, so I think worrying about, oh, I'm not in with that club or I'm not in with that club has gone now. You know, just carry on doing what you do. Yeah. And hopefully people like it. And um, and just find your own path, find your own way, and what, what you're doing here is great, you know. Thanks, um, mate. Yeah, it, it, it is, and and that this is leading you to somewhere else. Yeah, where where you're gonna be, not where yeah. you think you got you should be. Yeah, it's you know. true. It is leading. I love I love doing this, and now I'm doing more because yeah. I've got the comedy background where I've you know like you said stage time. So now I'm getting asked to do talks where I'm. So now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm I can yeah. do the talks because I've been on stage. So being in front of people now, and it feels like it's going more that way. I'm more into this, this kind of mental health thing, and and I love that because there's, yeah. I want people to feel better, and I don't want I I know from my myself included, when you're at your lowest ebb, it's fucking awful, and it and then I think that's why I used to I love doing comedies because, for twenty minutes I can take people out of their shit life, well not shit life but the shit that's happening, yeah, all the shit that's in their life, and make them laugh for a bit. And then they come away and go, oh, I enjoyed that. I forgot about the fact that, you know, bills need paying and that. And that's, yeah, yeah <laughs> I love that. That's what I love about comedy. And that's what I have to remind myself. That's why I do it. And it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. we get I mean, a bit self involved to, you know, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I listened to your, your interview with or our good friend Ian Moore, yeah. you know, on the last, I think it was the last uh, thing. And, him sort of transitioning from his life and in France and traveling back, doing the circuit. And, and now it's great to see him so happy, isn't it? With his writing, yeah. and how his career has changed. So it, it all, that all led to it. His journey of doing that coming backwards and forwards all led, I think to him changing his life yeah. and, and for the better for, for him. And he can still dip in and do his, bits of co corporate stuff and you know and we all know he's a brilliant comic but this author thing has made him 
who he is today, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. And I think this yeah. will with you. Yeah, thanks, mate. What was nice, actually, was when, so when your sister was in, um, everyone's talking about Jamie. Yeah. And I didn't realise that was your sister. We'd been to see it, and I just remember watching, I didn't know it was, it, it was her, but I remember just raving about her going, because she's got a stunning voice. Yeah, and yeah. she was incredible and just like holy shit and it wasn't until <laughs> I saw you post about her you, you and you were so proud and yeah. it was so lovely and I was like oh my god I had no idea yeah it was uh, I mean it it was uh, we've been looking if uh, my sister's called Josie Walker and for anyone who's listening who hasn't seen her and she she's been in mu- we've seen her in musicals all all her life you know she's um we saw the Beginning, we were lucky enough to see Matilda when it started. She played Matilda's yeah. mum, wow, alongside Paul Kay, who was Dennis Pennis from oh, the team. Wow, back yeah. In the day. Um, so we saw all that happening, and um, and like many shows that she's been in, you know, Phantom of the Opera, Cats, etc. But then I remember a, a few years ago, she sent me this song, and it turned out to be the big song that she sang called He's My Boy in the show, yeah. Um, and it was uh. I think it's John McRae from The Feeling. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he said, he wrote it, he saw he saw her years ago in another show, and he said, I wrote this song, basically, uh, with you in mind, because wow. I think you're the only person who could sing this song, and he said, I'm going to write a show around it about this boy in a dress, which it was called The Boy in a Dress, this documentary that he saw about this boy that was getting bullied at school because mm. he wanted to go to the prom in a dress. Up in Sheffield. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we went to see it, and uh, in at the Lyceum before it transferred to the West End, and uh, it was just uh, oh, sorry, the uh, what's it called, the uh, theatre in Sheffield, the um, where they play the snooker. Oh, the the Crucible. Crucible. Yeah, yeah. it was on at the Crucible in the round, and yeah, and we just saw it, and you just when you, when you see a show like that, you just wow. It, and she sang that song. The relationship between she played the mum of of Jamie, the boy, and it was just magical, you know. Yeah. She she got nominated for the Olivier Award for that. Wow. She should have won it, really. I mean, she's been nominated three times for the Olivier. She'll she'll wow. get it one day. Yeah, I she will. Yeah. yeah. Holy yeah, shit! She's brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah, because uh, our good friend Phil was in that, wasn't he? That's uh, it. He played- yeah played a part in it so that's probably why you went to watch it that's why we went i mean it was a great story anyway and so we'd heard about it and it was like oh yeah we should go and see that and then we saw that phil was in it and we're like we should absolutely go to that and Mm. i remember i there was i remember there was a stand innovation and we were just elated and raving about it just it was one of the best things i've ever seen and we were saying like oh that woman she was great wasn't she she was great, wasn't she? Oh yeah, she was really good. It didn't occur to you. I didn't even know it was. It was. She was related to you. It was just a brilliant show, yeah. start to finish. Yeah. And it's one of those stories, that, especially nowadays when people are still fighting against that sort of thing. Like people are saying, "Oh, well, you're a boy, you should wear this," or "You're a girl, you should wear that." And it's like it's just fucking clothing. Wear what you want. Wear what you yeah. want. Not yeah, just not, it was, you know, sexual when you're in the, you know, you're in front of a school. <laughs> yeah, it happened. <laughs> it happened at a, at a good time in history, uh, and I think it just really hit a nerve with people when it came out. It, it was like like the I Daniel Blake thing. It happened mm. at, at a time when we needed 
to remind ourselves what was actually going on in this country and you know and that became like this the hit that it did with and turned uh you know um Davy Johns's life around yeah. through the success of it so i think things happen if things happen at the right time shows or uh, or movies you know just when we need it it's, yeah they they can do really well and i think that's why Jamie was so successful you know yeah and it is that it's a I was watching I saw Eddie Izzard this morning and it was then they were talking about um the, the, the fact that the he was you know they were saying that there isn't a culture war it's not it's the it's the Tory government making out that we've all got an issue with these things and we haven't most of us haven't yeah. we're just like look do what you yeah. like it's up to you I almost couldn't believe that the other day when I saw that I thought it was a Piss take, you know, the Rishi thing saying a man is a man and a woman is a woman and all that I know. stuff. And I thought, what, really? Am, am I actually watching this? Is this yeah. real? Or is he? Is this someone doing an impression of someone? <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Yeah, I don't know what to oh, believe anymore. I can't believe it. Yeah, because you watch yeah. that and you go, is this an AI thing? Has someone done AI, this? AI, yeah. That's what I thought it was at first. Because I saw it on my phone. I just came up and I just went, wow. Yeah. That's the leader of our country. Yeah. And it just, you just go, are you fucking kidding? It, it, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to turn us all against each other. Yeah. And it, and when we talk to each other, it's like we're just after all we've been through, after all that pandemic, we seem to. I know it sounds, you sound like an old man. We seem to have got worse. It's got worse (laughs) instead of better, hasn't it? It's got bloody worse. (laughs) (laughs) But it has, hasn't it? Because of you know, since they, since I don't want to say it, but. You know, since Brexit, you can see the difference. You can see how fucked everything is. And you can see, and you know, you watch the, the videos of the Tory party conference and you see them talking about, you know, we should be, we, we need to stand up and fight. And you're going, well, who are you fighting against? You're not fighting against, <laughs> what do you mean? We're like, I mean, what they mean, they're fighting against us. They, you know, they want us. They need us to be voting for them. And they just go, no, you're just a shower of shit. You need to yeah. just fuck off now. <laughs> well, I think we should all put dresses on. All of us. Yeah. Every march, single one of us. Marching our high heels. Yeah. To <laughs> All stand together with our with our lovely dresses on and go, right, yeah. go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, you know, you like you said, you've brought you you grew up in the you know, in the world of you know, cabaret and so you've been around all of this since you were a kid. Yeah, I mean yeah, I remember like friends of my dad, you know, who were comedians who were gay men or whatever and they were they were afraid to come out. Uh, mm. I mean, it's not that long ago when you think of George Michael and all the stuff that he went through. You know, um, Freddie Mercury. Well, we knew Freddie Mercury, but George Michael, especially. You know, the pressure that must have been on him when Wham was in. You know, because you have to be two boys and the girls have to fancy you and all this lot. And yeah, it, it must have been awful. You know. Yeah, well, we've talked to about be it. Under that yeah. pressure, and that was it. And there, and it's a pressure that he shouldn't have been under. He didn't have to be under it. it that's, do you know what I mean? Well, it's like oh. it's like we've said this on here a few times about you know people in sport and the fact that you know like, statistically there must be gay footballers and gay yeah, gay even rugby today. players. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, got to be. But they're terrified to come out because of the shit that they'll get, and yeah. it just it makes no difference. Your sexuality is irrelevant. If you're good at the sport, you're good at the sport. If you're good at singing, you're good at singing. It's just, you know, but there's just this fear that people have of anything different. And that's what the Tory government yeah. seem to be 
thing to prey on, isn't it? They kind of tuck into that fear yeah. to keep people angry. <laughs> when know. you know the world is a much better, like you know, like you, you know, like you said, like being in the world of cabaret and going, you know, in Blackpool, Scarborough, all those places. What a wonderful world to be a part of. Yeah, you just you are who you are. You know the song "I Am What I Am." Yeah. Well, that's what it, that's what that song was all about. You know, I used to think it was just a, a catchy disco song, but it turns <laughs> out, you know, it was a "I Am What I Am" is like the there is a is a gay anthem. You know, it, yeah. accept me for who I am. Yeah, uh, and it's fantastic. You know? We've had we've had all manner of people on here talking about like living with HIV and things like that, and and you know, it's been a real eye opener. And you, and it's it, that's it. If we just talk to each other. You'll feel a lot better. I always feel better after I've spoken to people. Do you know what totally. I mean? Yeah. Totally. Just, it's rather like, there's a, I said this the other day, if you've made plans to go and meet someone for coffee, go, go. Make that, stick to those plans. Go and do it. Because mm. you'll feel a lot better. I know there's a, when in the, the morning of the, of when you said you'll go, and then you, you go, oh, I can't be fucking arsed. Like, it's raining <laughs> or whatever. Like if you push through those feelings... I guarantee in the afternoon you're going, oh, I'm really glad I did that, you know? Yeah. Like you yeah. doing your Iron Man thing, you're going, oh, fuck it, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I mean, like a, a friend of mine, like I say, Justin, who did a bit, did all the training with, he's into his boxing and he's, yeah. he's always been asking me to go to big fights and stuff. And, and I had a weekend in a few weeks ago in Sheffield and he said, oh, I've, got, I've got tickets to go and watch the Joe Joyce fight at, at Wembley Arena. Do you want to come? And I said, you know, I've been so busy this year. And I just went, I phoned, to, I said, give me a minute. So I phoned Toby up, uh, it runs the, the last mm. laugh. And I just said, Toby, can you let me out on the Saturday? I really want to go to this. Blah, blah. He went, yeah, no problem. And he was really good about yeah. it, you know. So I just went and I just went, right, I'm, I'm going to go. And I really want to go with my mate because he's invited me. And he's always inviting me. He'll stop inviting me if I don't go. <laughs> yeah. So, so I went and we, we had... I mean, I don't know if I'd go to another boxing thing again, but I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed the whole day going with him, going on down on the train to London, staying over, having a few beers. Yeah. Just having a laugh and watching people not shit out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't, yeah. just, it wasn't so much the boxing, whether you like boxing or not. It was just the, the experience of being somewhere on a Saturday night and going, I, yeah, I could be working and just doing 20 minutes somewhere, but I could have died on my ass. Who knows? <laughs> but, you know, I'd rather be here having a good time with my mate, you know? Yeah. I think that's the thing, again, because of what we do, people are like, oh, yeah, but you're out and you're working with your mates and all that. And like you've just said, it's quite a lonely existence a lot of the time. You'll yeah. see people in green rooms, but then you won't see them again. For And then you're, you're uh, either in the car driving back home and that's another three or four hours or you're in a in a travel lodge somewhere on your own and it's a very lonely so i think yeah i think you're right making those plans is going do you know what actually i'll, I'll be all right i could have that night off i think we used to worry a lot i know i did i could never have a night off like, no 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 it's I, I've, I've i've missed out on weddings 
and yeah. holidays and birthdays and all sorts because I've yeah. gone, no, oh, no, I need to I missed, my, I missed my own birth. I had a gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Had a, had a gig in the uterus lounge. <laughs> yeah, I can't, can't, I, can't, I can't make it. I can't make it. Video yeah, it for me. Gig. Video it for me, yeah. Tough crowd. They're very young. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's that. And now, but now, so our, our friend, um, Al Barry, messaged me yesterday. Anyway, do you want to go and see, um, there's a band playing next September. And he said, I've just picked up four tickets. He goes, do you want to go? It's me and Ben Norris and someone else. And I went, I've, do you know what? Yeah, I will. So Yeah, get involved. There's a Saturday next year in, in September where yeah. I've, booked, I've booked a night off. Do it. That's mad. <laughs> yeah. But even now I'm sweating. I'm like, oh, no, but I'm going to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just what got... if a corporate comes in oh yeah but that's it you just you can't you can't it's important to just go and see your mates sometimes oh you have to yeah yeah, yeah. and I think like holidays I never used to bother about in my sort of 20s and 30s you know I never and then when I became a dad uh, and and then we got some really good friends a few years ago that we go on to Greece with and so that became a yearly thing and um I I made sure that yeah let's book it up let's book these things off in advance and make sure we do them because before you know it the year's gone yeah and and then they stop oh he's always busy we won't ask him you know yeah you you've miss you miss out and and when you're there you have such a great time don't you yeah 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 I mean that's it and it's important yeah. you come back refreshed you think right I'm looking forward to getting back and doing stuff but have I've done that now and I've spent quality time with good friends or family and had a good time and and then and then you can get back to what yeah. you do i find it, it's important yeah i i struggled with it for years my lovely my lovely ex-wife india she was always like we need a holiday we're going on holiday and i always saw holidays as a as a privilege it was like an extra it was like <laughs> we don't go on holiday no you don't go on holiday and then growing up it was you know we never went abroad we only ever went camping um and, it, and so I used to struggle with it. And then, but once we'd go, after the first couple of days, when I stopped thinking about the money I'm losing, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'm glad I did this. Yeah. yeah. I could be in jungler's porch with now. <laughs> Dying on my ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's dear. important to take time out. It's important to go and see your friends. It's important now and again just to go and do something else and yeah because it'll yeah. make you it'll make you better anyway and and more ready to get back to what you're doing you know rather than just because sometimes you just you, you'll take a gig just because it's a gig and then you, you and then you it turns out to be a horrible gig and you think well i could have been sat i could have, i'd rather have got a takeaway than sat at home yeah. with my missus or gone to the cinema or rather than just taking the gig for the sake of it yeah you know, sometimes it, it's best sometimes you have to learn to say no I said, you know, I've, I have learned to say no quite yeah. a bit, since, especially since lockdown. You know, I, I am, before I used to say yes to everything. Yeah. But now I just go, hang on a minute. I don't, I don't, I don't know whether I fancy that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's just that. It's just actually, yeah, just doing something else. Because it's not going to change. Two, 200 quid's not going to change your life, is it? No. No. And you're going to spend that on petrol now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, half of it. It goes on petrol. Yeah. I think it's important. I think if you take anything away from this this episode is that go and see your friends. Go and spend time with your family. 
have a night, have a night where you just get a, yeah. get a takeaway and a, look and after yourself. It. Yeah, you yeah. know, spend a bit, of, give yourself a bit of self love. Whether it's going out for a walk or get, getting on a bike, you know, set yourself a goal of doing something. You know, set up your own podcast, write a book, or do something that will make just you know give you something to focus towards rather than just just mo- wallowing in your own self pity, which yeah. is. It's easy to slip into. We've all done it, like we, like you said earlier. Yeah. You know, I've done it. We've all done it. But I think if you try and give yourself a little goal, it doesn't have to be massive. Just going out for a, a couple of hours walk or something. Just start from that and see where you go. Yeah, absolutely. It will make a difference. Absolutely. And it, what's been happening lately? Because my missus watches. Uh, she's a comic as well. But yeah, I've not seen her work yet, but uh, love ah, to, she's love great. To see her. Oh, I've heard mate. good things. Yeah, she's great. And I didn't, you know what? I always, I always knew she was all right. So like, yeah, she's cool. She's great. But last night <laughs> I watched her. And I'm like, fuck. All right. No, yeah, that's I can see it because I haven't seen her MC yeah. properly before, and she fucking roofed it. And I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> yeah, go on, that's it. And I was so proud of her. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And then we went home and we've been watching um, Married at First Sight and we've been watching. Bake Off, which I hated. I didn't want to watch any of them. <laughs> and now I just shout at the telly. <laughs> yeah. He's a dick. He's a prick. <laughs> Fuck him. What a bunch of wankers. And then I watch Bake Off. And I'm like, well, and then I'm like, ah, oh, he's fucked that. Keith's out this week. That's not, that's not, that's not good bread, that, mate. That's, you're out. <laughs> well, we're all bread experts after lockdown, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> scones. Uh, no one could touch my scones. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to think what I did. I what did I? Oh no, I don't think I. I was with somebody that was a that was it was massively into cooking. So I just she was just like I'm going to do this it. today. Yeah, <laughs> I put about four hundred stone. Just we just uh, she made her own donuts and she made this and she made that and yeah. Oh, oh my god, yeah. I didn't realize how big I'd got. <laughs> you know, you've we're got. All, we you were know. all in our pajamas or less elasticated pants. Well, this we is it. Years. And then when you finally have to go back outside, you, you know you put on a bit of weight when you shoot. You've gone up a shoe size. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember I put I put my, uh, I put my jeans on for the first time in eight months. I hadn't worn my jeans. I was just in like just in tracky bottoms or shorts. Yeah. With like sports shorts, and I hadn't put my my jeans on that I used to wear for gigs. I couldn't even couldn't even get them over my thighs. <laughs> I'd put like so much weight on. Yeah. So, all right, okay, I need to get out on that bike. <laughs> yeah, and then you went completely the other way. It cycled yeah. yourself to death. I know, I know. When you're <laughs> when you're running a marathon, it might, is there is there a minute like halfway through and you're like, what am I doing? Why am yeah. I doing? Or you just have to be well, not so halfway focused. through, straight away. <laughs> <laughs> The Ironman, the it, the worst bit for me was the swim. That's what I was panicking about, um, and it never leaves you. Swimming in a pool is different to swimming in a lake. Yeah. And then I'd swam in a lake, obviously practicing, but I'd ne- never swam in a lake with two thousand other people. And suddenly, when you're getting battered in the head, and you've got like people trying to fight and get a rhythm, and oh god, yeah. You know, you can't touch. You can't. Right, I'll just stop and put my feet down on the floor. Till I get my breath. No, because it's like it's a lake, you know. Oh, you're God, in it. Yeah. Um, I had to really take a minute to myself and just because the safety kayaks and stuff like that there when you when you do the when you do these events, you know, just in case anyone comes in any trouble. But 
I, I seriously had to talk to myself then and just went, hang on a minute, Phil, you've trained two years for this. You know, you're on your own. You can either swim across to the shore or to that kayak or crack on. And I just made the decision to crack on, mm. you know, because I went, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. This, yeah. is, this is what I want to do. I put myself in this position. Um, so that was the worst bit for me. But the when I got to the marathon part of it, I, I was more relieved that <laughs> I'd made the cutoff time because you've got to do you've got to you've got to get cert, past certain sections in a cutoff time. Oh, right. Otherwise, okay. you don't finish. Yeah. So you've got like a certain amount of time to finish the swim. You've got a certain amount of time from starting the swim to get into the bike. Uh, to the, to finishing the bike leg. Mm. So if you don't finish the bike leg in time to do the run, they just say, right, you, you can't carry on because you, uh. you've gone over the time. So I was so relieved and elated because I just thought, well, I've got a chance of becoming an Ironman now. This is what, yeah. you know, all, I, all I've got to do is stagger to the finish. And I'll, I'll do it. So I was all more sort of relieved. The bike was horrible that mm. day. It was blowing a gale. Up in the there's a load of inclines and the the road surfaces are awful. So you you're worried about losing uh, getting a puncture or smashing your wheel up or anything like that. I was that uh, relieved to get off the bike and having done the swim as well that I was actually enjoyed in a sick way the the uh, <laughs> the marathon just more out of relief yeah. that I was still alive. Mate, because there was uh, yeah. an, out of fifteen hundred people that day uh, that set off, there was only eight hundred of us finished. So it's almost oh, wow. half the field didn't finish. I didn't realise. Yeah, of course, there's a, there's time limits on each stage. I didn't realise that. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, otherwise you'd just be going all day. People would just carry on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they they have to shut the roads down as well. You see, uh, so because you've got all these thousands of bikes cycling through mm. so they, they close all the roads off and they can only do it for so long because of expense you know yeah um uh, so, yeah, yeah so there's yeah, that yeah. pressure on you as well you know you, you put all this training in but if you i was talking to a couple of lads who, who'd come back who just missed it the year before and fair play to them i hope they did it because they were like gut they were gutted that they just missed out you know oh, doing the run god yeah you've gone it through was like by that. minutes as well ah oh, mate that would kill yeah. me I know. You've gone through all the swimming and the cycling and then you just, they go, no, you're a minute out. Oh. There's, one, there's a one guy on YouTube this year uh, and I think he's he was the last to finish because you've got 17 hours from start to finish. To, mm. That's that's the limit to finish it. And I think he was running up the final bit at uh, like one minute to go and he, he basically made it by seconds. Jeez. And the whole crowd, there was, because you get a full crowd turns out for it, you know, it was a, people cheering people on and this guy just basically fell over the line fucking you know, hell and he was determined to do it yeah it's funny when we did the like i said when we did the three peaks and then everybody bless him there was there was a couple of lads that were very sporty and athletic one of them was a was a gym teacher i think so as soon as we got to the well, as soon as we started they were just off they were gone and i realized 10 minutes in oh shit i haven't prepared enough for this <laughs> oh fuck i was sick on ben nevis yeah and you're going oh. oh god and then we got lost but he, was, but he wasn't happy no <laughs> furious was old ben <laughs> and then and then we got lost at scaffold pipe we went down the wrong way 
because we were talking to this American party. They were doing it as well. And we forgot which way we were going. We went walking off the wrong way. So that was an hour. And then we got chatting in a lay-by when we were having something to eat. And we lost track of time. And we, oh, fuck, we've got to go. And then we got to we got to Snowden, and then everyone went right. And then the guy that was right that was driving the minibus was my mate, Mister Ian's dad, and and he said, "I'm going to walk Snowden with all of you." And then they went, and I ended up staying with him. He stayed with me, and then everyone else just legged it up Snowden. They all just went like, "We'll see you back at the van, mate." I went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, just go, just go, just go." Anyway, I got there, I got to the top of Snowden. There was a moment we were stood, and there was we were above the clouds, and the sun had come up, and I'm just looking across, and you could see. Is it Crosby? You could see something like that, and it was through the clouds, and you could see the, the see the outline of the sea, and you're like, ah, oh, this is beautiful, this is amazing, mm. totally worth it. Walk back down, walk back to the minibus, and then it was there wasn't like, hey, well done. It was everyone just fucked in the minibus, going, well, well done, <laughs> you fucking prick, get in the van. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you did it. You no, did, we it. did it. You stuck in yeah. it. You stuck in there, and you did it, mate. It just goes to show what you can achieve when you when you really get stuck in. Yeah. And I'm glad we did this film. Sorry it's taking so long, mate. But we got there, and we've had yeah. you on, and I'm so pleased, um, Jeez, mate. Where can we find you on the socials, Phil? Oh, I'm I'm uh, more all over the socials. <laughs> uh, Phil, no, uh, Phil Walker comic C O M I see uh on most of them so yeah instagram and all that sort of stuff lovely and where are you going to be gigging are you around and about the place are you off on the cruises what are you doing? well yeah I've, I've got one more cruise uh to, well i'm doing the i'm doing a gig in woodford tomorrow for agraman no nice. oh agraman is yeah, he still around he, he's been yeah yeah he's he's he started me off on the on the sort of comedy club circuit and he's he's been a real constant to me yeah and he, you know he supported me so I, I support him i still do the gigs for him lovely man uh, so i'm doing that and then i'm off on a cruise and then i've got a few one-nighters here and there and then i'm going to belfast oh, to wow. do panto over there doing snow white over there oh uh, lovely for, yeah yeah so i'm going to be there for sort of mid-november till mid-january it's a long oh wow a long run yeah so i'm going to be over there for christmas and everything so looking forward to going back to where it all started yeah, that's where that's where I was born in in Ireland. I've got my Irish passport. Oh now, yeah, so. of course you were. Yeah. Oh so mate, my dad'll my dad'll be over no doubt to see the show. So he'll he'll probably get a hero's welcome. <laughs> How's he we doing? Did, we, Is he right? He, he's doing great. We did a we did a mini tour together last year, sort of for father and son thing, which was really nice to do. And uh, we did the we did the Irish comedy festival in an old church. Uh, oh wow! An old reclaimed church and uh, the love for him was just incredible you know the people that came out they absolutely love him over there yeah and we went out for a few drinks afterwards everywhere we went he was mobbed um <laughs> oh there's so, so much yeah, love there's he, so much he, love for he, him yeah yeah and it's amazing the the young what we call the younger comics but patrick keelty and people like that they, they really love him you know the irish comics uh, yeah um, and uh, even when he went, he did the he did the Edinburgh Festival about ten years ago, and um, did his one man show up there. And him and Jim Jeffries really hit it off. Oh wow! Became re- yeah, him and Jim became like unusual, really good buddies. <laughs> so he was going round, and 
people ask people i remember jim went out for a few drinks with him and jim saying uh, people were coming up and saying oh do you mind if i have a picture and he was like posing for a picture and they went no and they gave him the camera to take a picture <laughs> <laughs> so jim, jim jeffries is taking pictures of my dad yeah with with random people which Mate. he found really amusing that's brilliant Brought him back down to earth <laughs> <laughs> but he's a, but he, your dad's a legend and you know and like I say, before catchphrase, he was a big part of our household. So I'm yeah, glad to hear Yeah, people forget what a great yeah. yeah, what a great comic he was, and and still is. You know, it, yeah, it, all that sort of. I think that's why I liked Jack D when I first started because he was it was that deadpan yeah sort of stuff. And before catchphrase, my dad sort of used to do. Uh, if anyone googles him on uh, his comedy that he did, it was very straight. They call it a deadpan where you don't smile. Yeah, you know, a lot of comic smile after a joke but he was like serious yeah and i think that w- that was the beauty of the comedians everyone was different yeah you know you had frank carson the loud one and you had like bernard manning who was like the aggressive one and my dad the quiet one mick miller with his bald head and one-liners so it, it was a unique i think a, a show like that would probably work today if you got a load of because there's quite a few good one-line comics about isn't yeah. there you know if you got a few different styles of people yeah like, yeah like, yeah and your Bring dad, back the yeah, comedians. I think so. I think so. And yeah, and like your dad, like you say, to do it deadpan is fucking hard. Yeah. To do it well, he, he was doing. Yeah. And it, some of the stories he tells me of doing the clubs back in the day, you know, he was doing like work, hard working men's clubs up mm. in the northeast of England, up in Newcastle and Sunderland, walking out. He always. He, he, he admired people like Tom Jones and Ingelbert Humperdinck and all these sort of people that he talks about. And he. He always had a tailor-made suit, even when we were really poor when we were oh, kids. Wow. He went out, he went to, got a suit made. So he walked on and he, you know, in these working men's clubs looking immaculate. Yeah. And then just doing a clean act. No, he, didn't, he never swore, you know, just doing a clean act. And he would slow down and bring these rowdy audiences to him, you know, rather than, you know, the, the automatic thing, like when we did Jonglers, was to shout and be loud and, yeah. <laughs> and grab the audience straight away, otherwise you're going to lose them. Whereas he would, like, let them come to him. And, it, 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 you know, it's an amazing thing to watch when it happens. Yeah, it's a real skill as well to be able to do that yeah. and not panic. But, yeah, he's been an influence. And, and uh, yeah, have to send him, send him my love. I think he knows who yeah. I am. Just, just say that. Spoke to this, spoke to this idiot today, <laughs> and he said, "Nice one." Um, thanks, <laughs> Phil. This has been a real pleasure. Um, and yeah, look after yourself, mate. You're doing a great job. Wherever you, too. you Yeah, take care, man. Uh, this has been insane in the membrane. I've been Rich Wilson. This has been my good friend, Mr. Phil Walker, and we'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.